The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon. You're getting better. You're getting better at that. All right, should I gone? I feel, you know what? Okay, I should have done so, your hero. You know what? I should open the show like your hero. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. It's, <laughs> we're just going to go and have a good show. They're Dude, really you're getting good. good. That's good. They're, uh, they're just a really good team. <laughs> good stuff. We hope to have a good show today. Hey, let me, you know, Before I had I someone who listens to our show. He, he, uh, he told me this last night, actually. I was, I was at dinner and. He told me, he's like, yeah, yo, I'm listening to you guys' show. You know what's really good about you? And I was like, what? And he called me AJ instead of AJ, which, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can pronounce your name. <laughs> but he told me, he's like, you know, I feel like you've gotten Eric a little bit more. And then he tried to find a word, and I said bubbly. And he looked at me like I was just stupid. <laughs> and I said, I mean, really? I mean, is that what you're looking for, though? He goes, yeah, just, you know, he's out of that shell. He used to be such a robot. And now he's more personable. He's willing to crack the jokes that he didn't crack before. You know, he's he's above the the higher class of, yeah, you know what? We have to be robots on a radio show. Eric, good for you. I and good for me for getting you there. You have followed my lead, and for that, our show is better now than it was before. When I first got here, you were Bill Belichick on a microphone. Now... <laughs> Now you're Craig Smith. I was built, and it's great. Wait, now I'm who? You're Craig Smith. Oh, I don't. I'm not that level. <laughs> you all. You are definitely. You're definitely out of the dark zone. So congratulations. Hey, so speaking of being out of the dark zone, as is the Skyview Bobcats football team, as they have clinched their first ever. This is amazing to me. Their first ever state football championship. The last time, I, you know, if I'm not mistaken, the last time they participated in a state football championship uh, was in '87 when they played the Mountain Crest Mustangs at Romney Stadium and lost nine to seven. If I'm not mistaken, that was their last. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Please text me and let me know. But the last time they had played in a state championship was or for football was the '97 loss at Romney back. What, what was Romney Stadium? Nine seven to Mountain Crest. And so what do they do? They face Park City, and Park City's undefeated, rolling into the state championship, as is Skyview. And Park City, and they beat Skyview last year in the state playoffs to move on. So Skyview had some unfinished business. They had a little bit of revenge set on their mind. New coaching staff, but it didn't matter. The players remembered it. And they come in and just roll Park City I mean, bury them in the first quarter. This game was over after 12 minutes of football. This game was done. Park City did not want to be there anymore. Give credit to the defense. Give credit to the offense. Give credit to the coaching staff for having these kids so well prepared. Look, it's one thing to win a game in dominating fashion. It's another thing to win a game, a state championship, in shutout dominating fashion. 35 nothing. 35 to nothing. This game was over after 12 minutes of football. What the heck? 
Never yeah. seen anything like this ever. No, uh, it was never complete domination. That is the the best word that comes to mind with how they played offensively, defensively, and I think you have to include special teams. They had that block early in the game as well. Hurricane John Newbold called the play uh, the full game here for us. He's called oh, he every they game this season. No one else called it. He called the full game. He huh? called the full game. Cool with Rex. <laughs> In who helped him. You earned that one. <laughs> but he's he's been calling all the Skyview games for us, and he joins us now in the full court press. John, what a what a game this morning! Oh, it was it was awesome, and Ajay's exactly right. It, it, it was over. The only thing, Ajay, that you are wrong is it wasn't over in the first twelve minutes. It was over in the first seven minutes. I mean, <laughs> Skyview Skyview came out and put those twenty one points up, and honestly, I, I Park City, I don't think they had an answer, and to be honest, uh, you know, me and Rex, we kind of felt like it the week before in the semifinals, we felt like the two best teams were playing last week when it was Skyview versus Dixie, and the winner of that game had a really good chance of winning state, and that's what it turned out to be. Park City was no match for Skyview. Hey, so let me ask you, like, as dominating of a game that was, did you ever figure out why Park City was undefeated? Like, how did they get to be undefeated and be in the state championship as the number one seed and get flattened like this? Well, the number one seed, you know, the reason I think their RPI, they were the number one, is just because they were undefeated. But, I mean, but I mean, they beat West High School and they beat Wasatch to start the season. So those are some wins over some schools above, you know, the 4A classification. And then really, the way it turned out, the Region 10 just wasn't that strong. Skyview wiped Cedar Valley out. They shut them out in the second round of the playoffs. They, they waxed Mountain View from Region 10, 56-13, and then you know, they had Dixie from Region 9, and then they just totally took out the, the champs from Region 10 and in Park City. So, I mean, you have to look back on that record that's undefeated and just say that Region 10 just maybe didn't have a lot of uh, good teams, even though their records showed that they were okay. Maybe the top half of Region 10 was okay, the top couple teams, but after that, maybe they weren't so good. Just basing that on what happened in the Final Four, because you had two teams from Region 9 in Pineview and uh, and also Dixie, and then Skyview from Region 11 and Park City from Region 10. Well, But I don't want to take anything away from Park City's season. I mean, they may have had an easier path to get to the championship than anybody else, mm-hmm. but they faced a Pineview team, which was a very good offensive team, and made them look silly defensively and took took care of business there. So it's not like Skyview came in and had some powder puff opponent. I mean, Park City oh, no. was a good team. No, they you were. Have to give, which to me gives me even more credit what Skyview did defensively and offensively today. Oh, for sure. And, and, and that's true for sure that the Bobcats, I mean, it was a tough opponent as far as but you just wondered when Park City would get things rolling. I mean, they were the ones that came into Smithfield last year and defeated the Bobcats 15-14 to in the quarterfinals last year and upset the Bobcats. So I think Skyview had a little chip on their shoulder that way. Um, and like we mentioned during the broadcast, it's the 60th time uh, in the history of uh, championship games that an undefeated team has lost in 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 the in the state and Skyview was a part of that to knock off a, a team that was undefeated but yeah for sure you don't take anything away from Park City they had a great season they had one of their best seasons in school history as well just like Skyview going into this game and Skyview just dominated them and and I, I think part of it was just from that game last year but 
this Bobcat defense, I mean, their sixth shutout um, in, in uh, the season, it ties a school record of six shutouts that happened back in 1969. Uh, I just, I mean, it's been an impressive way. But if you look back at the game, I mean, Park City had the ball on, on first and goal at the one-yard line, and they don't get any points out of it. And I think that every time that Park City was going to roll the dice, Coach Howe and his coaching staff dialed up the exact defense that they needed to to stop the play every single time throughout the game. So they just out-coached Park City, too. I mean, it was a dominating victory, top to bottom, coaches, players, everyone. Now, there's understandably a lot of attention that is directed to, and for good reason, for or to uh, to Kaysen, uh and to Mason. You know, those mm-hmm. two guys, what they did offensively, they've been an incredible duo all year. But not enough gets said about the Skyview defense. Uh, Scout Morris with another interception, what an incredible season that he's had. That defensive front getting multiple sacks on the day. It was a great defensive effort by Skyview today, and really encapsulated what they've what they've done all season long. Yeah, you really can't talk about them enough. I mean, Park City, even though I mean they're undefeated, they're coming into this game. I'm sure that like their total yards every game are close to 400 yards. The Bobcat defense held them to 179 yards total offense. I mean, that's saying something right there. But I mean, individually, you mentioned. Uh, Scout Morris with the 10 picks on the season. I mean, he leads all classifications in the state. And you look at Trayson Martindale, he, he was credited with 18 tackles last week, 12 tackles this week. So in two games, you're looking at 30 tackles. And he had one sack that was big today. Walter Collins defensively stepped up. I mean, there's so many people. Hunter Lewis, the defensive line, Justice Enna. What a great story it is for Justice Enna. You know, he, he, his dad is on the coaching staff at USU, and before that it was at University of Utah. So he's just, you know, he's basically playing high school football wherever his dad gets a job. He went from Clearfield High School, who's a doormat traditionally, to Skyview, and he gets a state championship in his senior year. I mean, a guy like that, it's just, it's so cool. And, and Skyview plays so many players both ways that it's amazing the stamina that the Bobcats have to be able to, play both ways a lot of these kids on the offensive or defensive line and and still they're running other people into the ground and it's the other teams getting tired not the bobcats Uh, i gotta ask you where does this rank among the more dominating performances that you've seen throughout a season look they lose to highland idaho and then just run rough shot over skyridge and skyridge excuse me and then run rough shot over everybody else i mean nobody was really in, in in close distance to even comparing to the talent of this team, where do they stand from the other teams that you've seen? You've seen a lot of high school football uh, to the other ones that you've seen before. Well, I, I honestly, I think Coach Howell put a, a pretty good uh, couple of, I don't know if it was the last home game in the playoffs, uh, the after the Mountain View game that he talked about it, I think it was, and we asked him about where this team ranked to him and, he said, honestly, he's like, if I look at it from an outsider's perspective, he's like, I just don't see a lot of holes on this team. And and there really isn't. I mean, maybe the blessing in disguise was Mason getting hurt and so the, at the start of the season. So they were you know, forced to put Kaysen Carlson in at quarterback, and it just made them so dynamic to move Mason around. And, I mean, 
RJ, with the teams, I think overall this defense and offense, it's one of the better teams that I've ever seen. Uh, obviously, Logan had some great teams as well. Um, you know, and I, even Park City, I remember when Logan and Park City would always match up. Park City always had some dominant teams too, rushing the ball, but they always ran into Logan. Uh, I mean, there's been some great teams, but by far this, you know, and even Mountain Crest, they've had some great ones, Ajay, and you you follow Mountain Crest probably closer than I do, but um, I mean, they've had some great teams too that have gotten to the championship and won some and lost some, but this Skyview team, they they wrecked some people this year with six shutouts. I mean, it's just amazing to see what they were able to do, and it just felt like they continued to get better and better and more confident as the season went on. I'm going to ask you another ranking question because as media guys, that's where we that's what we do, right? Best of sure. and whatever. Mason Fault of is probably one of the more special players I've ever seen in person in, in my life, and I've seen a lot of great athletes come out of Cache Valley in high school. Where for you – does Mason stand as you've been able to cover him closer and better than anybody else could? Well, to me, he's just, he's just absolutely, I, I, I just can't say enough about him. I mean, he's, he's just a dominant player. You can tell on the, on the football field that he's a D1 athlete. You know, obviously he's going to be playing basketball for the U. That's where he's signed his letter of intent, but when he's on the football field, it's just amazing how much defense has had to look at him. And I mean, you saw it today. If you were able to to watch the game, you saw his one-handed interception in the in the end zone mm-hmm. on a fourth down play. He just makes plays like that. That there's always a chance with him playing. And I, it's just he's so dynamic. You can move him around. I mean, they used him in running back. They put him in the slot. He plays nickel defense. He's just an amazing athlete, and you see the same thing on the court, his leadership and everything. It, it, it is so awesome to watch him. And since I've covered football, uh, I think he's one of the better players that I've seen overall, and there's been some great ones. Not just football. I mean, this guy is an athlete. I mean, he oh, took yeah. his basketball team to the state championship as well. I mean, he's an incredible athlete, probably one of the – is he the best athlete in Cash Valley that we've seen, at least to win at this kind of a level? Well, for <laughs> me, I haven't. Uh, for me, like just covering it, I would say that he's got to be. If he's not one, he's got to be two. I mean, he's got to be up there. I'm sure that you know Craig Hislop's name would be in the top five as an athlete <laughs> when he played. I mean, the, the sport. The sports were a little different then, but uh, I'm sure that he'd be up there. But uh, yeah, I mean. Mason Falswolf, he he's a type of player that you don't get to see often, and hopefully people have taken the opportunity to watch him. And, and Skyview, as far as basketball, they'll be favored to win the, the 4A state championship to try to defend their crown this year, I'm as sure. As they should be, though. Yeah, definitely, with Sam Phipps coming back and Titan Saxon a part of that and, and others. I mean, they'll be ready. Hey, let me ask you. So Mason's a two-sport athlete. He's obviously signed officially with Utah to go play basketball there. Are you surprised that he didn't sign to play football somewhere? I mean, he was offered, obviously, but where would you see, just from your perspective, I mean, it's no no condescending way of when I ask this question, but where would you see him being a better, foot in, a better fit in the sport, football or basketball? Well, hmm, that's really tough. I, um, I don't know. I, I think, honestly, like, He's a lot of fun to watch. I could see him, like, 
football-wise, as a wide receiver, for sure, like at the next level, he could have easily played that. And I know that USU was offered, uh, you know, when Coach Wells was here, he, he Mason was offered that. But um, I don't know. I, I think that he, basketball-wise, he, he, he just so dynamic there, too. It'll be different to see him at the collegiate level because a lot of the time now at the high school level, you know, he's like sometimes running the point. In in college, I don't know if that will be the same, and so it'll be different to see him play, but I don't know how Coach Kristoviak's going to play him down at the U, but it would have been fun to watch Mason play uh, football at the wide receiver position somewhere. Uh, John, I just want to get your reaction to how you were feeling when this happened. Now the clock runs out to zero, right, and they can celebrate. The Sky View Bobcats get the shutout, 35 to nothing, and they are the 4A state champions for the first time in school history. This- <laughs> well, I, I honestly, I'm not sure how I felt right then. I, I, I I think Rex and uh, Adam had to like belt me into the seat so I didn't climb the table or something like that. <laughs> hey, later on in your post game, you talked about the the, the seniors, the graduating seniors, mm-hmm. and the level of success they've had in that program. It's phenomenal. I mean, what three? Only three losses in the last three seasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and you know before when Coach Danilo Robinson took over the program and. I mean, a lot of credit has to go to Coach Craig Ander that's at Green Canyon now. He He's the winningest coach at Skyview High School, percentage-wise, Coach Ander is. He got this program back, you know, to where it's respectable every year. And then Danilo came in and made it stronger, and they only lost one game. They never lost a region game over the last three years, talking about the seniors. And then Coach Hal taking them to that next level, and, and they got the state championship. So, it's been phenomenal to watch these seniors, three losses, and none of them were region games. I, I, it, with that success, it mind boggles me. I mean, absolutely blows my mind because I didn't actually know this until Eric pointed it out to me and listened to your radio call. How is that their first ever football state championship with how much success they've had as of late? Is that like that? That blows my mind, John. Yeah, well. It is. It's crazy, Ajay. I mean, they've only been to the championship game one time. That was back in 1987 where your Mustangs knocked them out um, of the state championship. It's still the record for the largest crowd to Ever watch attend a game. Yep. Yep. At Romney Stadium. At, yep. So Mountain Crest got the victory there, but that was the only state championship. They've had many great seasons. Like what we talked about on the air, like talking with uh, Jan Hall, you know, he's been been at Skyview for a while and the the Kearns team uh, they played the Kearns in the playoffs and Skyview they didn't have a tiebreaker then so they the game ended in a tie but the way they did a tiebreaker is that they did it by how many uh, total yards of offense you had that determined you know who got to move on and that at the time talking to coach Hall he told me that you know Skyview did such a good we had a lot of like kick return yards and punt return yards, and they did so good, so they had short fields and they would score, but they didn't have a lot of yardage, and Kearns ended up winning the state title that year. But as, as uh, big of a drought as Skyview had, like, you know, 56 years, Ajay, how about Park City? They've been around for over 100 years, 
and that's their sixth opportunity to win a state title, and they are 0-6 in the state championship. Ooh. And they've been around for 112 years, I think it was. That hurts. So, that yeah, hurts. I don't know how it's been that long because Skyview's had some great teams, but they they finally did it tonight, and I'm sure they're not worried about what happened in the past. They're just excited they got one. How are you celebrating tonight? What are you going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah, I mean, probably in the house me, alone, I'm risky I, business, what? I, I'm just, I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably break out a Mountain Dew. How's that? <laughs> that's that's how I celebrate here in Hiram. <laughs> right? I'll I guess you can't wait. celebrate too much if you're in Hiram, then. you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to be sure when I go to the store what colors I'm wearing. But, um, no, I, I'm just excited for, for the, the players, uh, Jay, to be honest with you, and for Coach Howe and his coaching staff because, you know, a lot of those guys have been around a, a while at Skyview, Coach Walker, Coach Christensen. I mean, I know Perry's won state titles before, but, you know, he's been up there at Skyview for a while. And, and we mentioned this during the broadcast, but how cool is it for Coach Hal? And he always deflects it like any coach would. They're, they're all about the kids. But how cool is it for him and his family? Because 30 years ago, he was on a state championship team at Logan, and Perry Christensen was the head coach, and his dad was the defensive coordinator. And then up here at Skyview, he's got Stu, his dad, uh, helping with the coaching staff. Perry Christensen, the offensive coordinator, helping out with that. And then then his brother's down on the sideline with him, too. And his son is playing on the team as well. So three generations of Howls. So it's got to be awesome for them, too. I just think it's exciting. And I just think about all the the, the players that that went through Skyview on these great teams that they have had. And just everyone that created that atmosphere to get Skyview to the point where they actually broke the door down and got that state championship. I'm happy for all of them. Well, John, we've enjoyed your calls, you and Rex. You guys have great chemistry. You guys know the game. It's fun to listen to you. Uh, Sounds like you've had a a great statistician that flies you around in his starship. Uh, uh, It's been fun listening to you you and calling the games. You need to get in one of those starships that he has, man. They're, <laughs> they're a blast. That thing is fun to ride in. Well, uh, great calls, but uh, certainly it's uh, the, the attention should be on the, the Skyview Bobcats and what they were able to do today. Your first uh, championship, 4A champs again. I mean, they, they, that's their second championship in 2019. They won it in basketball, and now they've won it in football. And uh, it's interesting to see what basketball holds for us as that gets underway uh, next week. Not a lot of downtime. No, not at all. We'll we'll be headed to Weber High School to to face the Warriors on Tuesday night. So uh, Mason's going to have to ice himself down and be ready to lead the charge for basketball. All right. Well, thanks, John. We appreciate it. And uh, it's been fun hearing your calls on football. We'll hear more basketball coming up. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Against Thanks, Skyview, thirty-five to nothing. It complete domination. Just a runaway train. Like that team had their eyes set on the prize. I think, like from the start of the season, when you lose the way you did to Park City last year, and then as the season goes on, you see what Park City's doing. You tell yourself and you tell your teammates, "Hey, look, this is where they're at. Let's go take care of business this year, right? Let's go get some revenge." And I think they. When Park City was in the state championship, I think like Skyview's eyes just opened wide open, and they were just salivating from the mouth, just wanting a shot at those guys one more time, knowing that hey, like this team 
is so focused and so ready to go. And again, it's a great job by the coaching staff of making sure their kids were prepared and making sure that they didn't overcoach these kids. And because in a championship game, you can overcoach somebody. Yeah, it's you possible. can outthink your th- yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, I feel like that's what Matt Wells did in the in the in the game at Boise last year. Uh, yes, true. And in this regard, he didn't outcoach him. He said, "Look, what we've been doing from the start, we don't need to change anything right now because this team is just that good." And to stick with the game plan and to not outdo yourself is such a credit to the coaching staff. And again, a credit to the the kids that have a new coach and to say, hey, look, we're going to trust him. It, it, it's a whole entire thing all the way around. Couldn't be happy. Couldn't be more happy for the players, the coaches, and the community in Smithfield. Uh, congratulations. You get your first football state championship. Very, very well deserved. Uh, my question to you is, who wins the 4A MVP? Mason or Kaysen? Ooh, good debate. Because Kaysen definitely came along really well. He did. And I personally, if I had a vote, I would give it to Kaysen Carlson. Me too. With no disrespect to Mason. No. uh, Came in at the start of the year, was not the starting quarterback, but came in, took over, and was solid. I mean, he had, what was it, almost 300 yards of combined offense today. Dude, it's unreal. Between throwing the ball and running the ball. Uh, and uh, making great decisions to get his team in positions to win. And really, that defense as a whole could win four MVP. That defense was lights out. They're so physical and so big and so well-prepared. It was incredible. Just an all-around incredible team performance for Skyview throughout the season. Congratulations to you guys and, again, to the community, coaches, fans, players, whoever. Uh, that's, that's a well-deserved honor for you guys. All right. Uh, we needed to take a break here on the Full Court Press, and there was... We need to do this, too. There was one dynamic play. Well, there were a lot of dynamic plays. Mm. But there was one specifically early in the game that was declared as the bread and butter play of the game. If you recall what that was, 435-752-1069. And if you can correctly identify what the bread and butter play of the game from the old grist mill was today, earlier in the game. Four loaves of bread from the old grist mill. And coming up next, we got to Utah State basketball. They're tipping off in less than an hour. We'll give you a preview of Utah State LSU. We'll give you our keys and predictions for Utah State and Boise. Still a lot to cover today here on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Who won? <laughs> Hot mic! Hot mic! Hey, uh, we are, our phones are ringing off the hook. <laughs> Congratulations to Mr. Murray, who has won the bread and butter uh, play of the game. Uh, he got the correct answer, which... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> <laughs> old Chris Mill uh, bread and uh, the Berta Berta uh, play of the game uh, was the uh, Thor Griffin who blocked the punt in the first quarter that led to a uh, Skyview twenty-one nothing lead that pretty much put the uh, nail in the coffin for Park City. Uh, any hope of any momentum of any chance to really get into this game, I just feel like Park City just kind of said, "You know what? We're done." Well, like that, this, this isn't working today. That defense was stifling, and then the, the Park City couldn't get anything going, so they punt the ball, and then, bam, Thor 
Brings his hammer, right? Oh, my gosh. Blocks the punt, sets up a short field. Skyview puts it into the end zone. So congratulations. Debbie Murray got it correct. And, uh, man, that was a hot phone line. I'm sorry I left you hanging there for a second with a hot mic as well. Oh, dude, I think I said Mr. Murray. Mrs. Murray. Debbie Murray. Congratulations. I yes, apologize. A, a lot I of calls there during the break. So thank you, thank you for listening and uh, and trying to, to answer to win some bread. Uh, it's been fun doing this through the football season. We look forward to uh, Are they doing, doing this for basketball? again next year. Uh, no, not for basketball. Because there's too many games. It's just a lot of games, yeah. so it just works a little bit differently. Can but. you believe we're already back into basketball in a week? Yeah, the, this oh, football wow. playoff, the way that they've done it this year, is, extends it one extra week than we're used to. So we turn right around, and we've got gr- both Green Canyon and Skyview play games next week. Yep. Everybody else is the week after that. But, man, there's no downtime. No. But uh, yeah, thank you again to Old Grist Mill. They've been a great sponsor uh, with us throughout this whole season for Skyview. We've given a lot of, uh, we've given away a lot of loaves of bread. Yeah, which is great. And but, you know, and and again, if if you haven't got a loaf of bread, go to Old Grist Mill and go get one. Like go buy one. It's incredible bread, fresh as could be, really really good stuff, all sorts of breads as well. Uh, and just great sandwiches. I mean, I like when I need a healthy, good sandwich, I'm going to Old Grist Mill because the way they make it is fresh. And that's the way I like it. And it's just, yeah, Old Grist Mill and their cookies. Oh, and their brownies. Holy cow. Really bad for me, but they are heaven. On hey, earth. don't forget our bread and butter. Do you know what? You can go to hell. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. You know better. And you know what? Where's Kevin, our IT guy? Where did I told that him to delete from? that. Oh, don't even go. Where did that come from? Okay, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. You can go to H-E Double Hockey Sticks. Hey, don't forget our bread and butter. I swear. You know what? I was at, I'm going to miss that. I was at I'm a... Miss that. I I, I'm not. I won't have we are going to legitimate that, reasons to play that for the next couple Kevin of months. Kevin lied to me. He told me he deleted that, and he didn't. He had one job. <laughs> hey, Utah State basketball is preparing for their biggest contest of the season to date. LSU... SEC Conference, Power School. Uh, they were in the top 25 to begin this year, and then they fell out of it. They lost to VCU, and uh, but they're still a good team. They're just on the outside of the top 25 trying to get back in. Uh, Utah State's facing them in about 30 minutes from now. Al Lewis is already doing the pregame next door uh, with uh, Jalen Moore breaking it down. The game will be shown on CBS Sports Network. And uh, in... So people can tune in and watch the game. I understand there's gonna be, there's a watch party up in the ballroom up at Utah State. Yeah, first free like first two hundred something students get free pizza or something like that. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's great. I'm excited. This bring this matchup brings a lot of intriguing things. Uh, from what what do we know about LSU? Yeah, exactly. Right now we we they did lose to VCU uh, by two in their opener. Have rebounded nicely, though they haven't really played anybody up to the caliber, nor has Utah State played anybody up to the caliber of, of what these two teams will be against each other. Right. Their wins are over Bowling Green, 88 to 79. They beat Nichols, the Nichols Colonels, 75 to 65. And then they beat UMBC, the Retrievers, 77 to 50. Yeah. Uh, you know, for in for LSU it just seems like it seems like they don't have the size like consistently down the bench that Utah State has which could give them problems if you have to go well excuse me when you go to your bench not if when 
you go to your bench. It's a heck of a, it really is a heck of an athletic team, though. I mean, they're 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 not as tall, but they're definitely uh, they're athletic. They have a uh, their guard uh, Javante Smart, six four. He uh, he's a projected starter tonight. Skyler Mays, six four. Uh, he's averaging sixteen and, and seven, by the way, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Darius Days, Emmett Williams, and Trendon Waterford, six 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 nine, respectively. And they all, all three of those guys, all average twelve and a half points a game. So they have five guys that that uh, average double figures in points scored. Yeah, but. Size may be an issue here. I think Utah State has an advantage. Sure, and abs- and I think just based on, uh, I hate the I don't know. I've have never seen LSU's bench play, so I need to be really careful. But I feel like just the product, their productivity that comes from Utah State's bench all the way down the line is going to become into a factor. Um, from what I've been told, Keta is not playing tonight. That's what I've heard. That's not official. That's what I've heard. Now, there were some projections, like even from this summer when he first hurt his knee, the way that we looked at the timeline, at least what they were discussing, would put him available to come back at about this time. And a lot of us were looking at, hey, LSU, that's a big game. If you're going to bring him back, that's the game to do it. Yeah. But I, he may not play, probably won't play tonight. And here's the thing. like We got to remember this is – is that this kid is a top 10 projected NBA draft pick. If you bring him back too early and he gets hurt again, it's bad, right? I mean, you just you want to be so uber cautious with this because you know how valuable... I mean, I mean, you're thinking about the future, but you also know how valuable he's going to be to your team this season. And if you just don't want to rush that. You want to take your time. And I, I'd be shocked. I mean, really, really shocked if he played tonight. I think they waited out till maybe conference play. Would be my guess. Which would, which it really isn't that far away because the conference no. games are earlier in December. Uh, yeah, first weekend December. Actually, you're at San Jose State and then you're home against Fresno. And look at Cuba has been improving and playing. Oh yeah, better. absolutely. And you've got some other big guys that you can use. So uh, I think if it was just about, gosh, we need some somebody who can handle the center position. Utah State's got that answer. Yeah, we're okay there. And and really, Alfonso. Can, he's he's a pretty big guy too. Like, I mean, just even their I know Abel's not as tall, but I just feel like the rest of their guard line too can actually handle just some of the big big boy stuff down in that post if it gets to that. And I think they'll be fine. I, I, I again, I'd be shocked if Keta, from what I've heard, he's not playing. I'll be shocked if he does. So the game we'll get to see it all. <laughs> Find out what happens. It's on uh, CBS, CBS Sports, Sports Network, right? starting at five o'clock. Now on Sunday, Utah State plays again, and they'll face North Texas. And they are playing right now. They're playing uh, against uh, Rhode Island. I'm just trying to do a quick. Uh, I thought I had that here. Went away. Oh, oh, excuse me. That game has gone final. Rhode Island pulled away. Won sixty to forty seven. That game was like tied Dude, at half. North Texas is a early bad the half. basketball team. So here's what we know about North Texas. They're now two and four with that loss. Losses. It was a close game. They they were close against VCU. So common opponent between LSU and North Texas. Uh, North Texas lost that one fifty nine to fifty six. Then they lost to Arkansas sixty six to forty three. They lost to Eastern Michigan fifty six to fifty one. And now they have this fourth loss sixty to forty seven against Rhode Island. Their two wins. They beat North Carolina A and T. So USU has a common opponent with them. 
80 to 60, and then they beat Edmonton Trishian. Yeah, they're they're 79 I, to 40. Whoever I have them in my is. Sweet 16. Whoever. That's gonna be a good basketball team. Yeah. So now they don't. They have one player who averages double figures, and that's their guard Emoja Gibson. He did have 20 points against NC A and T, but nobody else averages more than nine. So not not really an offensive powerhouse from North Texas. No, not at all. I, <laughs> um, yeah. It, uh, but again, I mean, look, it doesn't matter how good or how bad that team is. You still need to go in and give it. I mean, your a game because with every with who you are, with what your ranking says of who you are, you have to know that you're going to get everybody's best shot. And if you let go one night and you let your hair down and think nothing of it, they're going to come back and snipe you. And so you and so I expect Utah State to come out and play hard. I expect them to uh, to be physical, especially in the post. I expect them to get two wins out of here in Jamaica and come uh, and uh, come back with uh, a two and zero record out of Jamaica, and then get ready for St. Mary's on Friday. Right. This is a this is a game that can sneak up on USU. Yeah, I don't think it will. This coaching staff doesn't allow that. Yeah. But the way that they've been steamrolling through everybody, but, I mean, and you're you in Jamaica, that... right? I mean, it's just like, oh man, we're in Jamaica. Right, it's, it's chill, been hanging it's out, got the beach and the sunshine. Yeah. You you could get have this false sense of just how good you are, and face a, a team in LSU who was in the top twenty five, expected to be a good team, and get surprised a little bit. But like you said, I love what you said. That coaching staff is not going to allow that. There is no way they come out there and think, nah, it's just a vacation. Coach Smith, Coach Hanson, Coach Smith, that the whole entire staff will make sure they're ready to go. I like Aggie's chances coming home, and I like him actually at St. Mary's too. Three games on the road, go 3-0. That, that's pretty darn good. Ajay, this uh, basketball team is off to a great start. They've got a big game this afternoon. Uh, coming up on the other side of this break, let's talk about our Friday Five Best. Mm. Who are the five best USU basketball players right now? So I, I think it'd be pretty fair to say Namish Keta should not be on our list because he hasn't played any games yet. Correct. I so don't have who, him on my list. Who are the five best Aggie players right now so far in this young season for Utah State? We'll discuss and debate coming up next here on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Aj Salveson, full court press rolling on. Championship football was heard here earlier on the fan. Skyview Bobcats total domination, thirty-five to nothing over Park City. Case and Carlson was fantastic. Mason Fosliv was fantastic. The defense absolutely incredible. Give a lot of credit where credit is due. Trayson Martindale with twelve tackles and a sack. Hunter Larson, two sacks. Scout Morris had an interception for that's his tenth on the year. Nobody in all classifications in high school football has any more than he does. He is definitely the the leader far and away. So great game, championship in football, championship in basketball in 2019. Not too bad. Utah State men's basketball team. They're on the road. They're in Jamaica preparing to take on LSU. Uh, the game tips off here in about 15 minutes on CBS Sports Network. And on this young season, Ajay, we want to look at who are the five best Aggie basketball players at this moment. 
they've only played five games, but in those five games, who stands out as being the five best? I put it out on Twitter, got a response. Uh, Charlie Riddle says Sam, Bean, Diogo, Alfonso, and Cuba. Those are his five best. What about for you? Who are your five best? Let's start with number five. Let's start with number five. This is really, really interesting just based on how deep the bench is. That's why I'm so excited about this. Number five for me, Justin Bean. No one brings a bigger spark off the bench than Justin does. Anytime Justin gets a rebound, hits a free throw, gets an N1, gets a dunk, passes the ball, dribbles the ball, ties his shoe, the crowd goes nuts. Crowd just loses their minds. Uh, and but but in all seriousness, like his production off the bench, like even going into lap back the last year, has just been incredible. Um, Justin is is probably, if not, one of the better bet. Well, yeah, one of the top bench guys in in the conference, if not the best non sixth man off the bench. All right, my number five is Abel Porter. I think that he he may not have as many points, he may not have as many rebounds, but uh, he manages the team and gets guys where they need to be to help run this offense like it needs to. It's a it's a great offense. I think he's a stabilizing force for the team while he's out there, and he's a good defender. And uh, I think that he's got a uh, a solid head about how he sees what's going on on the court. And for that, uh, I think he is my number five and my five best. That's a good one. Uh, number four for me is Abel Porter. Um, I think just his, based on his, he's gotten so much better over, over the summer, over the off season. He's worked on so many things, especially that left-handed dribble with the left hand drive and a layup. I just, and the ability to be able to create contact and then finish is something I've really, I've just, it's impressed me a lot. Abel Porter, you know, a lot of people say, well, we need a new point guard. No, you don't. Abel is doing just fine. I like Abel Porter. He's my number four. My number four is a guy off the bench. That's Alfonso Anderson. Uh, I like the uh, offensively, he's come in and been a steadying force at times when they've needed it most. Uh, I think that he provides uh, this this size and physicality, the way that he plays. Uh, it, it brings great effort, and I really like how he moves. I just think he's a he's been a solid addition to this team, uh, and and he's coming off the bench. He's not a starting guy, but I think he is. In my top five, he's my number four. Oh, number three for me was a tough one, but I'm going to put Alfonso at number three uh, for all the all the reasons that you just listed. But the fact that as big as he is, he can handle the ball so well. Like mm. that big of a yeah, guy can true. come up and dribble the ball, and and Sam can play off the ball, and you're not going to worry about him being clumsy with it, right? And he, by the way, his post work, his footwork in the post. One of the best I've seen in a while. And he's been really good inside the post. He's been physical. Uh, he brings a calming presence on the court, too. Just this calm presence anytime he has the ball. Uh, Alfonso's my number three. Yeah, 12, 12 points a game, uh, about six and a half rebounds, about two assists a game. Yeah, very solid. And about a steal a, a game. So he's doing a lot of things for Utah State when he's on the floor. Uh, so he's your number three. My number three is Diogo Brito. I have been on the Diogo Brito train for a long time. Uh, he is the Swiss Army knife for Utah State. He does a little bit of everything, and he and it's been fun to watch him continue to do that better and better and better. 
Uh, he fills up a stat sheet in a lot of different ways. Uh, I love his energy. I think he's also improved his outside shots. He's become a weapon from beyond the arc. Uh, so I, I just love all the things that Diogo does. And he always comes in with energy. And he always is making things happen. So Diogo Brito is my uh, my number three guy because uh, of all the little things that he does to help his Utah State team win. My number and two. And defend. Uh, yeah. He's a great defender, too, with that size. He's usually put on guys that are smaller than him. My number two is Diogo Brito. Uh, Diogo right now averaging just under 25 points a game. Uh, he's shooting about 51%. He's 7-19 from deep. Uh, not a great... Not great from the free throw line, actually. He's not... Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong stat there. He actually, he's good from the free throw line. He's 2-2, two two, Eric. Uh, but, again, defensively is where his work's really is done. Like, when he's defensively locked in, he is an annoyance. He's a pain in the end. In fact, I, I felt like you saw UTSA get really frustrated with him. Uh, I think it was Lawrence, or no, it was Jackson, and him having words throughout the night because Diogo deed him up. Diogo is just... Coach Smith said something really interesting last year late in the season. He said, Diogo is one of the smartest players I've ever coached in the game, ever. In fact, he told a story one time that in the, in, in the uh, Mountain West tournament, uh, I think it was in the second round, and uh, it was their second game, and, and obviously things offensively wasn't going great, and Diogo was really angry. And Coach Anderson said, what's the matter, Diogo? And he goes, this, coach, this, this isn't basketball. This is like this is like street ball. It's a chaos. This isn't basketball. And then coach said, Diogo, this is basketball. We're in the Mount West tournament in the semifinal. One game away from the championship. I need you to relax. I need you to go play your game. And then Diogo's like, yeah, I can play my game if we play basketball. And he goes, We're playing basketball. Just relax. <laughs> Diogo went out and had a starling second half. I think he had nine in the second half. He had like three steals though. Um and it was just great. And and then and Diogo just has this high IQ of the game that a lot of players don't have at that young of age. Diogo's yeah. my number two. Excellent choice. Uh my number two is Justin Bean. Uh wow, that far up. That far up. <laughs> I just his length, his athleticism, uh what he does grabbing rebounds and uh he is the often I mean he's a rebound leader of the team right now. He's he's averaging a double double right now on the season, and uh, he, just what he does on the court, he skies up for boards, he skies up on to to challenge shots, uh, he finds uh, his teammates uh, on on open plays and cutting plays, uh, just that rebound and a quick pass to Diogo Brito in that game the other night was fantastic, uh, and a few games ago he had the the, the block. The chase down block, and then he runs down the court to finish at the end for the dunk. I mean, just he's so aggressive and so athletic and just seems to fly everywhere they need him to be. Uh, My number one is Kuba. Kuba has been so good. Sam Merrill's not in your top five. Who? (laughs) You're just, you're playing with us now. Kuba is my number one. No one has grown. As quick to the game as Kuba. Remember, he's taken the place of Namiyash Keta. And you're asking this young freshman to go out there and just be as productive as Namiyash is. And that's a tough, tough, tough thing to do. Uh, Kuba's been so good. He's, Kuba uh, is your number one Utah State basketball player right now. In 91 minutes of basketball, uh, he's averaging 18 points on 66% shooting. 
Now, he's one of eight from the line, which isn't really good. But his defensive prowess, right, where he can make people alter shots. We'll like that. Jackson, yes. Jackson would go to the rim and then see Kuba, and he's like, well, crap. I'm just going to have to throw this off the top of the backboard. You know, and it's just incredible. Kuba has, has been something special. Kuba is my number one. What are you laughing at? I, I like Kuba too. He's on my list, but uh, probably not not top five. I would put him probably seven. Good for you. Who's Behind your number one? Brock Miller would be my number six. Brock Miller's your number one? Would be my number six. My number one is Sam Merrill. Okay. He has been the most consistent scorer. He's been the most consistent defender. He's been the most consistent with finding his teammates with open looks. Uh, Sam Merrill has not really had you know this... The, the massive 20-plus point games like he had last year, but he hasn't needed to, which is actually this is great because it, with everybody else being able to do what they do, uh, he's able to lessen his usage, if that makes sense, so he'll be able to be more effective in these games that matter. We'll have to be carrying a little bit more of the load. So Sam Merrill is my number one. Sweet. Koopa's your number one. Koopa's, you're sticking yeah. with that. I like Cuba. Don't get me wrong. I'm no, not, obviously not you're bagging because on you're him. sitting there laughing at me. But Sam Merrill's not even in your top five. Cuba is my number one. I feel like he, this, with what he's been tasked to do at that young of age, I feel like he's been so productive. I, I like that. That's true. Cool. Good. All right. So coming up next, some additional Good thoughts for you. before Utah State tips it off. And then next hour, Utah State's. Boise State gives some football predictions and keys for the Aggies. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson, just wrapped up our Friday Five Best. <clears throat> to recap, my Five Best, starting from five to one, counting down: Abel Porter, Alfonso Anderson, Diogo Brito, Justin Bean, and Sam Merrill. My number one was Cuba. My number two is Diogo. Okay. Starting five have been announced for tonight's game. Abel Porter, Sam Merrill, Brock Miller, Justin Bean, and Kuba. Mish will not play tonight, and I honestly can tell you he probably won't play tomorrow. Or Sunday, sorry. (laughs) Aggie game, you can watch it on CBS Sports Network. As soon as it's done, our friends over on our sister station, KVNU, will have all the action, all the broken down with uh, Al Lewis and John Russell. Stay tuned. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Patriots and Cowboys should do a monster rating for Fox this weekend. I'm not sure why any football fan would care about TV ratings, but they are a reflection of national interest. Right now, these two teams get the most focus. Dallas has been popular since the 70s. New England is the current dynasty. But excellence doesn't always mean adoration. A lot of people hate either the Cowboys or the Patriots. If you grew up a fan of another NFC team, Dallas might be your number one enemy. And we all know the different controversies that have plagued the Patriots. But regardless of how you feel about these teams, they both tap into the soap opera aspect of pro sports. The Cowboys with their colorful owner, Jerry Jones, 
the Patriots with their matinee idol QB Tom Brady. I can't tell you for sure who's going to win on Sunday, but I'm pretty confident. Whatever happens, we're going to be talking a lot about it come Monday morning. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.